the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61, from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, well, yeah, it's a good afternoon. <laughs> I'm getting this delayed springtime, you know what I mean, uh, with this snow and it's cold. They say more snow is coming. Uh, so I guess we just have to keep keep our chins up and make the uh, 2018 a year to remember, right? We remember this that the, the spring was delayed. And hopefully we get a long summer out of this. Uh, you know, in the midst of this week, this past week, was a, a very festive week for a lot of people, especially at, at our church. It was a festive time. I uh, just want to thank those of you who are who, who just prayed for us or, or whatever you feel led to do with the ministry. I had uh, a couple of people show up to the Passover that I opened invitation I gave over the radio show. And, and that that was a blessing, you know, because in radio, you, you're, you're talking to people, but you don't really know who you're talking to. And it's it's such a joy to know that that uh, that that you're a blessing to someone, you know. What I mean, and and that really warmed my heart. Uh, you know, when uh, this lady showed up, who's a friend of mine, you know. What I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, and listens to the show all the time. Uh, and and I just want to wrap up like in in, in dealing with Passover. Uh, last Friday, uh, we celebrated the Seder meal together as a, as a church and with family and friends, and uh, it was it was an emotional time for me. Uh, because the 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 guy who introduced me uh, to my to my Hebrew roots, uh, Rabbi Revis, you know, uh, we used to do Passover together. And now he's gone to be with the Lord, and and uh, his wife was there and daughter, and it was just a real uh, emotional time. It brought back memories, memories of me first learning uh, the Passover and uh, me trying to say uh, uh, Baruch, and they're trying to use Hebrew, and then they making me pronounce it. And, but, you know, it, it was just a, a deep experience. And, you know, a lot of times when we look at it, you know, uh, holidays are real good because holidays capture memories for us and they hold on to memories at times. And, and, and there are traditions that are associated with holidays. You know, some people do Christmas on Christmas Eve. Some people do it this day. And we all, you know, some people don't open gifts till this time, this time. You know, we just had these little traditions and, and you know, based upon our families and 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 traditions are, are are well and good, but it's man, it's so nice when your traditions are biblical, because when your traditions are biblical, it means that you know that what you're doing has been ordained by God. But not only ordained by God, but you you join a long line of people, you know, who've also celebrated this same this same thing over the years. And so when I look at uh, celebrating Passover. Uh, during the week of unleavened bread, you know, uh, I, I remember in the Bible where it says, 
And on the first day of the festival of the week of unleavened bread, Jesus, you know, directed his disciples to go and prepare a place. And they went and prepared a place where they can have the Passover meal. And we all know that during that meal, we like to call that meal. Not only we just refer to that meal as the last supper. We don't really call it the Passover meal because the things the the things that went on in that meal, I'm just going to share some things with you that, 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 that enliven me. Right. And so now your first look at me, you wouldn't think I was Jewish. You know, you just wouldn't think I was. You take one look at me and say, I may be an Ethiopian Jew, but you definitely ain't, you know, you know, Hasidic or nothing. So I, I'm sitting up here, but you know, I, I love, I love, I love the God's word so much. And I really love it when I can live it out and I can live it out in front of people. And so when I look at, uh, that, that time where just before Jesus died and he, you know, he enacted certain things, you know, he, he washed the feet of, of his disciples. He truly showed that a leader must serve. We forget that at times as leaders, you know what I mean? Sometimes we think that we are entitled to special privileges and we're tired of certain things and, and, uh, certain revelations and, 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 you know, but we serve first and, and that's what we do besides serving first. Cause you know, at, at our Passover meal, you know, we make sure the leaders of the church, you know, we, we serve everybody. And then, uh, you know, if you want seconds, you better serve yourself, but uh, we serve everyone and, uh, and, and that opening up, but it's the time of redemption because the Passover meal points back to when God set the people of Israel free from under the bondage they were suffering in Egypt. You know, they went into Egypt with favor and they left out of Egypt with favor. But in between, there was hardship. There was hardship. And, and you know, I look at it at times, you know, when I first started, as my mom would say, uh, feeling myself, smelling myself, you know, thinking I was grown. And you go out there and you start entering into the world of sin, right? You think you're an adult, you can can handle these things man you know and uh you go out there and and when you go out there you you got favor when you start getting out there in any particular sin but then man that sin starts wanting to pay back and it starts eating away at you and you find your life is 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 having no fun and the things that used to satisfy you don't satisfy you so you just get it caught in this turmoil and then the time of deliverance comes you know i, I remember when 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 christ came into my life and i, and I received him as my lord and savior I didn't really know much about salvation. I didn't know much about the Bible, but I knew enough about what some people that I was around. What changed my mind toward the whole Christianity thing was not an exegesis of scripture. It was not a a, a fancy sermon. It wasn't fall coming out of the back and purple lights on the stage and anything like that. What changed my mind about Christianity was I saw people living it out. I saw, I saw him living it out, and I never forget. It was one Easter weekend that I was in a, a little town called Rain, Louisiana, right? And I'm in this town. I go down there to visit visit my buddy, and I, I you know, but I'm really hurting. I'm hurting. I am hurting bad, man. I, I I mean, it looked like I was doing well, nice job, graduated from college, you know, the whole nine yards, uh, really popular, you know, was, was DJing in the town I was, so I'm just making money. I don't even cash checks half the time. Just So, you know, money wasn't the issue. You know what I mean? Popularity wasn't the issue. You know, what the issue was, was that I couldn't, I, I saw I was still empty, though I had these things, because they led to nowhere. You know what I mean? They led to nowhere. You know what I mean? You know, and, and that proverb, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof ends in death. And I, I just couldn't see, uh, any legacy coming out. I couldn't see 
I was always burdened with legacy, you know, just trying to establish something that can be used for generations. And I just was down and I, I, I was feeling it. You know, I was under conviction like a mug. I didn't even drive to the town. I took the Greyhound bus because I just want, I didn't even want to drive. I just wanted to sit and sleep and just, you know, and just kind of zone out. So I get there, we get down there, you know, my buddy's there. Now his family is super saved. I mean, they even pray over the chickens, man. They super saved, man. They, they, I think the chickens cluck the 23rd Psalm. You know what I mean? It's like you walk up in this house, grandma, great grandma, all of them. And so I, I get old, I get there and they say, you coming to church with us on Sunday? And I say, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to go to church with you on Sunday. I'm, I'm going to go to church. And uh, and so this guy was preaching. They had a guest preacher that Sunday. Little church, man. I'll never forget this. I go into the church, right? And the, and, and it's a church of God in Christ. Bro. It's, it's Pentecostal. I mean, not northern Pentecostal, southern Pentecostal. There's a big difference between the two. And uh, and I get in there and I sit on the back row, right, center row special, because I don't want to leave out of there with nothing I didn't come in there with. So I sit on the back row, me and my boy, right? Now, he's a backsitting believer. You know, he ends up getting saved and now he's pastoring. And uh, and so, you know, he gets there. We sitting on the back row and, man, the worship breaks out. And toward the end of worship, pandemonium hits. I mean, Pentecostal pandemonium. I mean, this lady is running around the church with her eyes closed. She got to be doing at least a five, four, forty through the through the church. You know what I mean? Ain't tripping over nothing. Ain't hitting nothing. The dude leading worship jumps down like Chuck Berry, grabs his leg and starts strumming like a guitar, starts hopping across the stage like he Chuck Berry. And I'm looking around like, what in the world did I get into? Right. And And I said, but I wasn't scared. Right. You know, and I was looking and and then, you know, a priest, the message service is over. And all I wanted to do was cry. Right. Because I'm watching these people that I've been knowing for years. Right. And how they live their life. It, I didn't I can't even tell you what the message was that day. Only thing I was looking at was at his mom, his grandma, the pastor. And I had talked with the pastor before, you know, and just how they lived their life, man. And I was like, you know, they it's not chaotic it's simple you know what i mean they ain't the richest people in the world but they're not the poorest people in the world and they're they're content i wasn't content you know what i mean i wasn't content you know i wasn't the king of the mafia or nothing like that you know what i mean but i can get whatever i want when i want it and and i but i'm not content and so I'm sitting there and the pastor can see the look on my face. You know, he's, he sees my forehead flashing, you know, like conviction, conviction. He comes over to me and he says, Joe, I'm going to give you some simple advice. He said, if you let the devil ride, he'll eventually drive. And what I mean by that is you think you're in control. Then all of a sudden he's in control and you can't tell him what to turn no more. You know what I mean? And, and I thought about that and I, and I thought it was some issues in my life that were getting out of control. And I said, yeah, pastor, I hear you. And he said, you know, you know, we always there for you. And I'm watching them enjoy life. They're enjoying this Easter Sunday, the resurrection. They're testifying how good God is and what he's done in their life. And I'm sitting there like, man, you know, still wanting to hold on to the position I had in the world, but realizing this position leads to death. And I walked, I felt like David Banner in, in the Hulk, right? You know, when he's at the end, when he's always walking out of a town, no friends, can't have friends. Cause you don't know when the Hulk going to come up. That's how I felt like, you know, I got to get rid of the Hulk in my life. I got to, I got to get rid of this thing. And I walked to the bus stop. They said, hey, let me just drive you. Let's drive you to the ground station. I said, no, 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 no. I walk. I just need to walk. I need to be alone. 
And I, I remember catching the bus back to to my town I was in in Florida. And, uh, and I remember sitting there and I began the process of trying to get the Hulk out of my life. And uh, Satan responded with basically he took away all my toys. I started reading the Bible and everything got stripped away from me. I lost my house. I lost my job, you know. And since I wasn't doing anything illegal anymore, I couldn't fund certain things. It just got to look. And my friends said, once you start reading that Bible, man, your, your whole life went chaotic. I think you ought to close it. <laughs> I say you can interpret it two ways. You can interpret it. I opened up this Bible and chaos came into my life. Or you can interpret it that because I opened the Bible, somebody brought chaos in to try to get me to close it. I said, I'm going to believe that somebody's trying to get me to close this Bible because they don't want me to change. I said, I'm going to stick with this Bible no matter what, whether I'm homeless, whether I'm anything. I still hadn't accepted Christ yet. You know what I mean? Because I was, just, I like to look at lifestyle. And when I eventually bowed my knee, I had to say this one thing. God gave his only son for me. He gave his only son to set me free. Right. And when you look back at Passover, when you had to bring in that sacrificial lamb, he's the lion of Judah, but yet he's also the lamb. He knows when to be the lamb and he knows when to be the lion. And he became a lamb for me to get me, see me get set free. Egypt let the children of Israel go. When the Lord sent the plague, they killed the firstborn son. Joe Sutton got set free when God's firstborn son died for him. And I'm telling you, when I do Passover, to me, it's a remembrance where God has brought me from. From my Egypt, through the wilderness, into the promised land. I'm content. I'm content. I just love to serve. And I love to introduce other people to this promised land. You know, and you go through the, we do the four cup ceremony. And uh, you go through the four cups, cups of redemption, between sanctification, redemption, uh, you know, I mean, you, you deliverance, you know, and uh, things that God does for us. And you, and something at times we forget that. We need to be reminded of that. And uh, it's a great reminder when we can sit there and allow God's word to minister to us with our families. And they can remember where God, where God, my, my children don't know me when I was lost. They hear stories, you know, they hear stories, you know, most of them not true. You know what I mean? But, but you know, you always got friends who like to fabricate in front of your kids. I do it in front of my friends, kids say things about their mom and dad. That ain't really all the way true, but you know, just to try to get them in trouble so the kids can have ammunition you know, when they want to cut up and do something, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Thornso said that you did it. Why can't I do it? You know what I mean? Don't listen to Mr. So-and-so because he was, he was, he was stretching the truth. And, uh, and so you do that thing, but, but to remember God together at a time, it, it's a powerful time. And, and if you never experienced a Seder, you know, I, I hope that you have an opportunity to uh, experience one and allow, allow uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to remind you, of his plan of salvation because that plan he had to get the Jews, get the children of Israel out of Egypt is the same plan he has to get you out of whatever you into. And, 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 and it's a rehearsal. The feasts are just a rehearsal for what God is going to do. You know, whether it's going to be powerful or not. You listen to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of spirit of the Lord church. I'm pastor Joe Sutton. And uh, we're here today just wrapping up the festival of weeks and talking about, uh, Passover and 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 what what is what is done for me, and 
what it's done for you. And if it hasn't done it for you, what it will do for you. Uh, you know, just want to always let you know you have an open invitation and invite to come visit us at 1001 Penn Avenue North and uh, and come join in the fun as we are determined to be a center of influence for the next generation. We'll take a break. Be right back. And I wrap up our program. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Hi, this is Philip DeCourcy with Know the Truth. I feel so honored to be a brand new ministry partner with this station. We share a common goal, communicating God's Word with clarity, courage, and conviction. Be listening to this radio station to hear biblical truths and daily encouragement for your walk with God on Know the Truth. Or check us out online at ktt.org. Listen to Know the Truth, weekday mornings at 8.30. Oh, you've been hanging around John a lot, right? (laughs) Express yourself. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I used to have a little dance move to that song, man. I used to be uh, rocking that thing, man. Hey, you listening to Isaiah 61? I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. Yeah, you know, my kids don't believe in my past life I I was a I was a dancer, man. You know, you know, I used to do all these little dance competitions in Chicago, and they'd have us out there, you know, going at it with each other. And me and my cousin, we had like a nice little rep. I even had a special pair of pants that I would wear. Oh you know? yeah, I heard you were a dancing machine. Those well, are good stories. Yeah, Hope to share again down the road. Yeah, so I, I try to try to get there, but they go like, "You dad? Nah, nah you no know. way." <laughs> <laughs> I used to say the same thing to my mom and dad. So I don't, I don't, I don't let it phase me. It's good. It's good that the change is so good that they don't believe it, you know. And so I just get back to Passover, you know, and, and the Passover meal. You know, one of the things that that you do with the elements at the table is you take a little some parsley and dip it in some salt water and eat it, and to remember the tears that were shed uh, by people and and uh, you know and 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 in your quest for freedom, you know. What I mean, and when we get freedom, it, it costs somebody something, you know. What I mean, some somebody somewhere something, and we have to have to understand that. And the part that everybody doesn't like the most is when you take horseradish and you mix it with the, uh, the, the we use applesauce, you put the bitter and the sweet in remembrance of the, that life is bitter, yet it's sweet. And uh, that, that horseradish get that kick to it and everybody gets like, oh, sinuses all cleared up and everything like that. But then you enjoy the meal together. And you know what I mean? And you, you're fellowshipping and you're enjoying it. And uh, you get there and, and, uh, and you know you're doing something that's been done for thousands of years, man. You just connect. You know, and getting to past that point, and so, uh, and so as as that this particular feast wraps up, you know, on, on Friday, and uh, a lot of people celebrate again by coming together, coming together this Friday also, just to bring an end to the to the to the eight days, you know, just just a, just a, a high level of remembrance and, and getting into there, you know, and so you now you wait for Pentecost to come, and you go there, but you know, also this Sunday, you know, a Sunday service. 
you know, we, we don't really emphasize Easter because we, we emphasize Passover, but, uh, you know, people still like to come to church on that day. And man, uh, we did a combined service with, uh, Twin City Victory Outreach and the pastor preached and man, uh, the altars were full, you know, and I was the first one to the altar, <laughs> the altar call. <laughs> I beat everybody to the altar. This one guy, he actually got to the altar before me, but I, that's only because I'm a little slow when I get up, but he, he was young. He beat me up there, you know, and I had to, I had to go there and find myself, you know, just repenting of some things. There's some things that in your life that you know you're supposed to do. You know, I like how Billy Graham says, the sins of omission are greater than the sins of commission. And sometimes we we forget to do some things and we don't do some things. And we get so uh, in tune to our job that we forget about maintaining our prayer life. And then you can have a personal prayer life, but then also some of us are called to be intercessors. You know what I mean? And but and if you don't answer that call and you're not praying, you know what I mean? It's just disobedience and it needs to be repented of. And that's me. I you know, I, I, I've been called to be an intercessor and I, and I, I've just been slack on my job for a while. You know, I pray personally, you know, talk to God, but I'm talking about praying for others, interceding for others and, uh, and, and getting in there and really, you know, carrying that ball. And I have brothers and sisters in ministry who are under spiritual attack. And, you know, and when I hear that, man, I, I, I felt bad, you know, because I had really stopped praying for them. You know what I mean? Cause you know, they get so busy, you know, I'm dealing with issues in my life. We have all kinds of excuses, you know, not to do it. And I, and, and I just said like, wow, I, I, I should have been praying for this brother and it could have helped at least, you know, alleviate some of this hurt, you know, cause it's only cause he, he didn't, you know, had a prayer support, you know what I mean? He's out there doing a the ministry and not having a prayer support. So I had to go to the altar, you know, I'm not shame. You know what I mean? As I know I'm, I know I'm the pastor, but I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. If I know I need to go repent, I'm going to repent. I ain't going to repent in the back room with the elders or nothing like that. I don't care what it look like. I don't care what you say. I'm, I'll be the first one to the altar. And after I prayed and I repent, I turn around and I pray for other people. You know what I mean? But first I had to make sure that I had to get myself right before I did that. You know what I mean? And and it's, it's just a reflection of, of, of what this time of the year brings forth. Spring brings forth new things and change and old trees sprout new leaves and everything like that. And, and and I guess we look at ourselves and some people in our culture, we just tend to examine ourselves. And a lot of people tend to go to church around this time of year when they say they won't go Easter and I want to change my life at the service. And, and I think of the people that came up there and were praying and the tears that were shed and, and uh, you know, the joy that was there for, you know, loved ones, seeing people they've been hoping to get saved for a long time goes around. And now comes the issue of following them up discipling them, making sure they stay strong and make sure that, you know, that they, that they have all the help they need and, and staying true to their commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are things that we have to do. And so if I could just sum up my, my day and the rest of this is that whatever your uh, traditions are, whatever you do, make sure that you never let the risen Christ be taken away from those traditions. Always make sure that you're able to point at everything you do and, and and be able to point your kids and show them how God is at the center of what you do. You know what I mean? You know, I know I know we have some traditions that, that are just fun to do. And uh, you know, I you know, I never understood why ham was the main meat on Easter when Jesus wouldn't have never ate the ham with you, but I don't understand certain things. Or with the chocolate bunnies and baskets and things like that. You know what I mean? That we get involved in. But whatever you want to get involved in, you make sure 
that it points your children, that it points your family and keeping them there. You know, I, I just try to institute traditions with my family that point them to the cross, that point them to the Bible. They really want to understand what we do. They, they have to go to the Bible to understand what we do, because I can't control what happens two, three generations from now. But I can institute some things, some traditions that make that revolve around scripture that will survive. You know, what I mean, I, I don't want the only thought of them surviving around this time of year is a basket and some new clothes and a bunny. I don't want them thinking of a red man in a suit. You know, what I mean, I, you know, I listened to my, my, my grandson. I asked him about what Christmas was and he said about Santa Claus. <laughs> now, even though his dad had read him the, the, the story of baby Jesus and everything like that, what stuck was stuck with Santa Claus because he sees that reinforced everywhere. You know, as he's driving, as he's doing things, he sees that reinforced everywhere. So, so, uh, you know, Think about that, you know, in, in your life and in your home. You know, as Deuteronomy 6 says, write it on your wall, tie it on your fingers, do whatever you need to do to remind them about the word of God, to get them into that point. And, you know, and, and make it enjoyable, make it fun, but keep it biblical, right? That's my that's my new phrase for the rest of my life. I'm keeping it biblical. And most people say I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it biblical. <laughs> hey, God bless y'all. It's always a, always a great joy to be out there. And uh, have a good week in the Lord. And, and oh, sunshine, please warm us up. <laughs> Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.